Hey everybody, this is your host Javier and Daniel and you're listening to the Brown Sound Podcast. We're just two brown best amigos talking about everything and anything through a Latino and indigenous perspective. In this podcast, expect some tears, joy, and definitely laughter. Imagine you sitting around a table with your best friends but sober. Or you can have a drink too because we don't judge. Well... All right, welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Brown Sound Season 3. What is going on, Daniel? What are you doing? Hey. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Uh, hey, I know we, we we got some messages about ghosting. We've been go- we haven't ghosted you. We just were busy last week. It's been it's been a busy week. We normally we try to stick with, you know, an episode a week, but you know, uh yeah. life, schedules life in the lab. Last well, week. well, and you've been a busy man, and I mean you're gonna share that here in a little bit, what you've been up to. Um, but why don't we jump into our person spotlight? Because we have a we have a jam-packed episode today. We have a lot of cool stuff going on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I guess I'll start off my my person shout out goes to it's not I guess it's one person. It's a it's a whole office. So I'm going to give my shout out to uh, the University of Idaho Native American Student Center. Um, the staff there, Dakota, Sedell, Micah, Hewaxa, um, they, you know, they they did a lot of hard work planning the Indigenous Peoples Day at the University of Idaho, which we'll touch in a little yeah. bit. But yeah, so shout out to the UI Native Center. It's so cool to see um, all of those all those the four women that are working in there are all from my community and so it's so cool to see them uh you know step into that that leadership role especially in higher education so um shout out to them and uh yeah that's 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 who i have my shout out to for four people today i wanted to give a spotlight to someone who's very near and dear to me because today is his birthday so today my spotlight and shout out goes to my brother eduardo gomez today he has a birthday and late twenties oh. because he's a, he's a yeah. he's a year under me. So I you know I gotta <laughs> point out that he's. I was still like, wait a second. <laughs> I was like, wait, late twenties. I'm in my late twenties, and he's older than me. But yeah, well, that's that's fine. We get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know how it is. You know how it is. Yeah, yeah. no, Chicax, what? Let's share with folks what is going on, what has been going on with you recently. Because you, you've been busy and you've kind of been all um, over the media, yeah. social uh, social media, regular media, any media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so on Indigenous Peoples Day, which was on Monday, you know, some states still celebrate and some weird people still celebrate Columbus Day. But <laughs> we don't do that here. We celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day. And so on Monday, I was actually invited um, by the University of Idaho's Native American Student Center to be the keynote speaker for their indigenous people's day event so um so i got to you know reach out to u of i's communications office and they did a press release last week and that kind of just opened up the door to all these other different media outlets that um reached out to me you know i was uh, i got interviewed by ktvb in boise with their with their program, the 208. And so I got to do a little, you know, a little media interview with them. And then the Lewiston Morning Tribune and even like the, the Moscow, Pol- or I don't know what's called the Palouse News. I don't know. There's other, these, these little local um, news outlets covered the <laughs> event and it was like, it kind of blew up over social media. 
and um, it's it's been really cool to see just to um, you know amplify not only just my voice but indigenous voices so that it, it was it was really really a humbling experience I think you know it was really cool to see my community definitely step in and, and support and um, other people yeah. you know so so yeah so that's that's been me you know it's and then you know last week I was even invited on another native podcast they wanted to talk about indigenous people's day and what it's like to be you know what what's my favorite thing of being native and stuff like that so yeah I've been, last week was just a busy week and then just trying to prep <laughs> and like you know I, and i was like freaking out monday like you know when i was texting you i had like this huge um like feeling of like imposter syndrome but not from like not that i didn't belong with like white people but with my own people mm-hmm. you know i felt like like i do i really deserve this do i deserve this opportunity to speak like you know on my ex- i don't know i just had this real i just had all these feelings on monday and i like didn't eat nothing which is not normal for me <laughs> so i was like yeah i was stressing out i don't know why i was so scared and then like in the event there was like a ton of people there and there was a lot of white people which was cool you know because they got to you know learn something and then there was also a lot of natives in there too so i was just like i don't know i, I was freaking out but it, it was, overall it was a good good turnout good event a lot of good questions were asked after the presentation good. so um yeah that that's that's been my no, that's... crazy hectic last couple of days <laughs> i i remember getting your text and you you were worried but that's because you cared so much right but um i just want to say like i've been reading the articles on your on your uh, on the keynote you know i asked you too is it going to be online can i watch um but i also listened to to the podcast and i just want to say you nailed it one of the coolest parts for me was that not only are you talking about what you're doing to amplify indigenous and all voices, but you also called out some of the problematic um, issues and common themes we see in the media uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to representing our community, specifically yours. And that's why today's episode is really special because we actually have a guest. So we're dropping a special guest episode today, everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will be speaking on that topic specifically about how how it affects our communities, Latino, right, indigenous, and mm. it's a different community today. And I'll, I'll allow our guest to be able to, to speak on that here in a little bit when he introduces himself. But without further ado, can we please get a brown sound welcome? Like we have a crowd or something yeah. here listening. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like to introduce our special guest today. His name is Zan Hader, and he is the host of the South Asian Soliloquy podcast so Zan, are you here yo what's going on guys <laughs> hey. hey what's up what's welcome bienvenido yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no thank you for having me salamu alaikum guys uh hola mis amigos you know uh you know it, it's 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 really cool we get to link up uh you know i was saying like in the dms i feel like um at least in my experience like uh south asian culture specifically pakistan or india we don't really interact with like indigenous populations or, or like latino populations and not to say like it's like like there's an avoidance i just feel like demo- like it, our geographies are just so far apart uh, yep. even where we live in america like a lot of us tend to stick to like a lot of white majority areas because a lot of south asian people we are the quote unquote accepted minority and so it becomes mm-hmm. really frustrating when I talk to like, you know, my, my older generation, my parents, my, my grandparents, you know, uncles or relatives talking about how we need to dismantle white supremacy when their perspective is, well, it got us to America. It, it paid our bills. Like, why would we ever want to do that? Yeah. And so, or, like, or. so that, that, that is, is always frustrating. 
Yeah, or like what, you know, some people don't even believe in that there's any kind of power dynamic or structures, you know, getting them to understand that, no, once we have to, once we begin to have conversations and acknowledge that those systems are in place, that's how we can begin to work around how do we better, you know, the experience for everybody, not just the dominant culture. But Zane, uh, Zane, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself, your background? Um, and then once we do that, maybe would you mind sharing a little bit on your podcast? Because that's, you know, that's big, too. Yeah, absolutely, guys. So just a bit about me. Uh, I'm just your average Pakistani Muslim dude living in America. Uh, uh, just growing up in America, I was, you know, pretty brutally woken up, I would say. I had to mature really fast, uh, especially after 9-11 and seeing how friends, teachers, administrators, uh, you know, even, uh, you know, some neighbors, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of view me and my my family as subhuman or as dangerous threats the moment those Twin Towers crashed. And and I I remember, like, I remember this kid named, named, uh, you know, I don't know if I can say names on here just in case I might sue, but I'll just make up a name. Let's call him Blake V. And I remember, uh, you know, we, I used to be really tight with Blake V, and I would hang out with him all the time. And one day, like I, it was like a, a month after 9/11 happened, his his mom said, uh, you know, I don't want you being uh, any uh, you know friends with any effing terrorists. And he said what? that to me, and I remember complaining about that to my teacher. And then my teacher said, well, this is America, this is free speech. Welcome to America. Wow. Knowing I'm a recent immigrant. Wow. wow. And so like. Yeah. So like a lot of those attitudes, I was I was very like I had to learn very fast that, you know, you know, just just because I'm in America and I have like, you know, resources because a lot of my family, we came from severely impoverished communities. Right. Like power mm-hmm. would go out commonly because of the, the Pakistani heat. Um, you know, like we might not have water. We have to go to like a the store to get like, you know, bottled water or something and drink out of that. Well, you know, mm-hmm. being in America, you don't have to worry about those things like that. Your necessities in terms of like living facilities at least for us were met and our and where we were living were met uh but the emotional and and the 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 you know the the social respect that i felt like we were we deserve just being as normal human beings who are not mean to other people who are not impressive to other people that was not met and so the whole point of kind of me starting this podcast very recently was i just want to create a voice for the voiceless you know and i don't want to be as arrogant as to say that i'm going to change racism i'm going to make the world a better place but i would like to think that if it's just one person getting on the mic and acknowledging that ignorance and bigotry is wrong racism is wrong i feel like that that, you know i feel like that that's enough like in in the quran and i'm not super religious or anything but but i you know Mm -hmm. I, i do like read the Quran, I do pray. You know, I am a Muslim, and you know there, there's a there's a quote in 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 Islam because Islam is one of the few religions where uh, racism is actually punishable uh, legally. Like like in, in Islam, you cannot be a racist. You, you like that that is what goes against the core tenets of our faith. Um, and you know, our the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu our founder, you know, he he said that you know we are all of of the same people. And in order to, uh, you know, if you can't speak up for other people, at least think about it. And if you can't think about it, at least feel it. And if you can't even feel it, then at least acknowledge you're wrong. And if you can't acknowledge you're wrong, then there is no hope for you. And so uh, that's kind of the attitude that I kind of carry in my podcast. You know, I cover, mm-hmm. you know, issues that a lot of uh, Muslim women face, uh, you know, being being uh, harassed by, by, by men. Uh, you know, I, I talk about how there is a lot of, you know, anti, you know, uh, blackness 
us and, and, and a lot of our cultures, even though our religion literally says, you know, you cannot be a racist, but the, the sad joke about it is a lot of our people are. And, yeah. um, you know, a lot of the dark melanin, like, you know, not being in the sun, you know, don't be in the sun too long, you'll get darker. A lot of those, mm-hmm. you know, attitudes are, are very common, um, you know. And, and then also in terms of our culture, like a lot of South Asian culture, because we come from such impoverished communities, because the good old British decide to come to our country, you know, our, our, our continent, just take all of our resources. Uh, because of that, we a lot of us don't have, you know, like the basic, and you know, amenities that we might need back in Pakistan or India or Bangladesh, Sri Lanka and Nepal or wherever you're from in South Asia. And so... Um, you know, a lot of our parents force us, you know, and, you know, they have good attitudes about it. They have, like, good perspectives about it, but their their implementation is really bad. But they, they say, be a doctor, only get a corporate job, only do, you know, a nine to five, six-figure job, and anything in the creatives, anything in the arts is stupid. You're just signing yourself up to be broke the rest of your life. We did not come to America just for you to struggle just like we did. Um, and so yeah. a lot of South Asian culture kind of limits our individuality of, of who we are as people. So my podcast, you know, I guess I'm trying to cover the issues that are our people face by the Western world and by other powers, as well as acknowledging that even our own people trip in sometimes and we got to acknowledge that too. Um, so <laughs> it's just kind of giving a voice for, for people who don't have one. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Thank I was going to say, yeah, that's, yeah, it's really, I think it's pretty cool that it's crazy because like all, even though our cultures and our backgrounds are so different, but we have similarities. Like what you said about, you know, not trying to get too dark, stay out of the sun. You know, I've, I remember hearing that growing up, like, you don't want to be too dark. Like, make sure you, you know, like things like that are just, and then it's weird to think like as an adult, like, why do, why do we tell our kids that, you know, like, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's so crazy that like we all have those similar, you know, experiences with, with hearing, you know, I mean, obviously we all know where it comes from colonization and, and white yeah. people, yes. but it's just like, it's just crazy that, that, you know, it not just, I don't know, I guess it just doesn't affect one community, but it's like a lot of our communities. Yeah. And, 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 that, how, and that's what it's all about, right? Like, we, I'm sorry, what were you saying, Javier? No, go ahead, go ahead. I, didn't no, mean... I was saying like, I said like, that's what it's all about. It's like building bridges, like, you know, like to T'Challa from Black Panther. I'm a bit of a Marvel nerd, so I, I tend to quote Marvel movies. <laughs> I apologize. Oh yeah. But, we love know, Marvel over here. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, bro, no spoilers though, it, no, spoilers. no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> But, you know, T'Challa said, you know, the, 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 the foolish build uh, barriers in times of crisis, you know, the, the wise are the ones who come together. And, you know, I, when I when I look at, for example, you know, like b- black people are killed on the regular, unfortunately, by the police. It's still happening. But because Joe Biden is in office, the media doesn't really want to cover that. But if Donald Trump is in office, they will. And to be clear, you know, like racial discrimination and racial issues should never be dependent on if the president is red or blue because people's lives are more are worth more than just who's in office and and to me that's really disgusting how the media portrays everything is right in the world when we have a blue president and then you know the world is apocalyptic when when it's when there's a red president and i would prefer that they just keep you know the same energy the world is apocalyptic whether it is red or blue like don't just make it sunshine and rainbows the moment we have a blue president you know and 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 that's frustrating because I'm, I'm a huge liberal myself, but I, I feel like a lot of our parties let us down so many times. But, that's yeah. mm-hmm. but um, you know, I, I think uh, with, you know, if we could come together and build barriers with, with every community, right? If it's with the black community, the, the, the East Asian community, um, you know, uh, African community, like people straight from Africa, um, you know, South American, indigenous, if we all were to come together, man, like we, we really could make America 
you know, on the right path to where we can truly be proud of America. Because, you know, I remember people giving Michelle Obama so much, uh, you know, crap for saying this is the first time she was proud of her country. And they were like, what, you're not proud of our country? And I, and I remember <laughs> I was 12 years old and I'm like, no. <laughs> no, like, like, what did you, what, you, what did y'all do to the natives? Unfortunately, what did y'all do to to black people? What did y'all do to to Iran? What did y'all do to Korea? What did y'all do? Like, you can go mm-hmm. on and on and on and on and on, you know. So, so to answer your question, like, no, I am not proud of America before yeah. this. So, I feel like if all, if we all as minorities were to come together and and you know embrace each other and and you know give each other hugs and, and you know embrace what is beautiful of each other we really could make America a force for justice and a force for good and, and, and a force where, you know, all ethnicities are respected. Uh, you know, it's disgusting. Like, racism really pisses yeah. me off, bro. Like, it's really disgusting how America's running mm-hmm. I was I was going to add um, that a big part of that, too, and that's the topic that we have today, right, representation in the media, w- unfortunately, because our communities are um, kind of far and, you know, far and wide and there are little pockets of our communities in the different like states and areas. Unfortunately, because we don't get to interact as often, what we see in the media actually plays either subconsciously or on, you know, for whatever reason, uh, we internalize some of those stereotypes and we start to think, you know, certain communities are this way or they're not. And, you know, that's, that's why we want to talk a little bit about today. Like when you're not around a community and if all you listen to in the media, if everything they have to say about that that uh, community community consistently is negative, or they paint this picture of the terrorist or the criminal or the gang member or the you know whatever the word is that describes the community in the media, unfortunately for some people that are very narrow minded and that's all they see, that's what they're going to internalize, right? And that's, that in itself is, is super alarming for many reasons, but that's why you start to see a lot of um, violence against specific communities because we don't know more than what we just see, and that's what we're taking to be truth, when in reality it absolutely is not. So I wanted to ask you both, as it relates to the media and representation of our, our, our respective communities, what are some examples of toxic representation that have you that you have seen in the media? I'm like, do we got enough time for that? Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> we're, just, we're just staring at each other. We're all just getting yeah. like, smiles on our faces. We're like, do you want a 25 yeah. page essay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, maybe pick one or two things that you would like to highlight today. But what what are things that you can think of? Who wants to go first? Yeah, we'll let we'll let our guests go first. And, you know, yeah, uh, you're the guest. <laughs> That's, what, that's how we do things on the res. Like, if we have guests or anything, like, you know, the guests always go first, whether it's, like, eating or anything. You know, like, oh, guests. That's what oh, bro, bro, like, I love it, man. Appreciate it, man. The, the vibe here is awesome. Uh, once again, really glad to be here. Um, I would say just off the top, like, media representation, it's ironic. There isn't a specific um, character or, 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 or a role that a famous actor did that pushed us back, if that makes sense. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I have to, I'll be honest with you, I have very limited exposure to how like 
indigenous folk have been represented outside of like you know on twitter like you know what happened with sachin like uh, little little flower or, or i forget her last name i apologize um but uh like how john wayne nearly like assaulted her because she talked about mm. how the natives were uh you know sh shown in in the media back in the 70s um you know being in cleveland like you know what what was the team it was the cleveland indians right and people were dressed in very stereotypical uh, garments and and you know so stuff like that it was not to the level you know like how a lot of like latino and indigenous folks to be clear how they were kind of like slammed in the media with like character caricatures and stuff like that it wasn't mm -hmm. like that you didn't have like a you know indian or brown folk being cast like that what you did have was a lot of uh, representation in the news uh, a lot of a lot of headlines and so like for example i remember um like like cnn uh or fox news or it didn't matter what where you know you're, you were getting your news media from uh you know it, it was typically it was always you know we were kind of viewed as michael myers from halloween like you got a muslim he's got a bomb up his butt you know what i'm saying like that's how we were constantly treated like you know if any time i was on the airplane Anytime I'm on an airplane, bro, and I haven't been in Pakistan in like 12, 13 years because of this, because I have an intense phobia of flying. Um, you know, anytime I would like be on an airplane, like when I was a kid going to Pakistan, uh, you know, they would literally pat me down. They would literally pat me down. They would, as like, a kid? And I'm not going to lie, the security. Yeah, as a kid. And keep in mind, now I'm like scared too because, you know, uh, full transparency, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a sexual assault survivor. And so, um, you know, when when the people are patting me down as, as a kid, I'm already like, you know what I mean, about to piss myself. You know what I mean? Like, right, why are yeah. you grabbing like my, my, my butt like so tight? You know what I'm saying? So um, there is a lot of, of that that I um, as a kid, it was a lot of trauma that I was kind of viewed as like a dangerous tiger zoo animal than a kid who loved Spider-Man. And, and that yeah. that like constantly having to prove my humanity was something that was normal. And, you know, I remember watching the movie Flight Plan. It's a Jodie Foster movie. Uh, to mm -hmm. be fair, the, the movie is actually kind of kick-ass. Watch it, but it's also very racist. So I don't know why I'm advocating <laughs> for it. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, if, if, in case you haven't seen the movie, pretty much uh, uh, there there's like a mom. She has a kid. They're they're on an airplane. You know what I'm saying? And then the, the when she wakes up from her nap you know, after the plane takes off, her daughter is gone. And then everybody on the plane is like, you never brought a daughter on board. And the, the main red herring villain was this family of Muslims. And the camera would always kind of pan to them. So like when she's like freaking out looking for her daughter, the camera would pan to like the, the Arab father who's just kind of staring at her like this. Like, you know what I mean? And like, just it's like kind of playing off of the racial... You know, like, oh, like, there's Muslims on a plane. And at one point, they even, like, interrogated the Muslim family and, like, patted them down and, and stuff like that. And, and I, you know, it, it was even kind of more, you know, sickening that they weren't even the, the main villains. So I know people could argue that, oh, you know, the point of the film was to show that they were being stereotypical. And, and you know, that's why, that's why they played it off. That's why they weren't even the real villain. But I just personally did not appreciate the fact that they used brown trauma uh, for, for a plot twist. You know, because yeah. that happens all the time. Uh, another, another, I forget the movie, uh, but another one, it was a Samuel L. Jackson movie. If you were to search it up on YouTube, search up Samuel L. Jackson slits hijabi woman's neck, you'll find the movie. But uh, pretty much, it, I forget the movie, but I remember it was, I was a kid when I watched it and, and I was very horrified. It was, they were interrogating this Muslim family 
because I guess the father was, uh, you know, there's a stereotype when Muslim fathers don't have a lot of money, they're going to, for whatever reason, they're going to go, you know, make weapons deals with Al-Qaeda, like, which makes absolutely no sense. Like, why the hell would you, like, you know what I mean? Like, it makes sense yeah. to be a, like a weed dealer, sure. But you know what I mean? Like Al-Qaeda, weapons dealing makes no sense. But anyway, he gets caught weapons dealing for, for Al-Qaeda. And then Samuel L. Jackson's character uh, beats him. And, and then he, he just kills his Muslim wife for for no reason um simply because they simply because he wasn't giving the answers that he wanted like you know through interrogation so he was like give me the answer samuel jackson being samuel jackson the muslim father was like i know and then he kills the muslim woman which is traumatizing because the u.s government has an ugly history of, of murdering muslim women like afia Siddiqui is an example um you know you can go on long and on we can talk about it later on the episode i don't want to talk too much but uh, the american government has an ugly history of this and then finally american sniper i really do not like that movie uh you know i don't want to swear on the podcast i want to be respectful but i really i really do not like that movie i have no respect for that movie military propaganda movies as it is you know like and i'm sure you guys can attest to it military propaganda movies is already disgusting and you know dehumanizes all of our people as it is but then to show chris kyle as a hero like he's like gonna shoot like a syrian kid in the head while he's praying namaz like while he's you know doing muslim activities and he's completely defenseless and the movie framed it to where you know chris kyle's crying there's a there's a tear coming down his face while he's shooting the kid as if we're supposed to feel bad for him and not the family and the muslim Muslim people that are getting murdered because America wants more oil. You know what I mean? Like that movie mm -hmm. was disgusting. It completely dehumanized our people just so we can feel bad for some idiot trucker in, in the middle of Texas. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. th those are just some examples that I could just right. name off the top of my head that seriously, you, you can tell like Muslim lives are disposable, you know? And, and I'm sure yeah. like, we're, we're not the only one, like we're all, you know, brethren here. We can all relate to that. But those are definitely some roles that, that I can think off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I know for like native people and indigenous people, you know, a lot of the times when it comes to our representation in media, you know, it's, it's always something like, you know, we're always either the wild, you know, savage, you know, not smart. We don't, you know, know English or whatever, you know, they, we talk like this, you know, things like that. Um, It's always, or it's like a, like a miss, like a, like a, some like, creature like we're magic like we have some type of crazy magic that turns us into an animal or whatever you know uh for us that's a lot of a lot of times it's like back then i mean they didn't even ha they didn't even allow natives play to play natives you know they had italian people that played a lot of native people so i didn't know um that. yeah back then they didn't most like if i think there's like a few different actors back then that played like played as natives and they they were italian they weren't they didn't allow really natives to be even play the roles it's like we're not good enough for our own roles or something i don't know but um i know for me the the like the embarrassing stuff well i guess it's not really i mean i don't know i feel like I'm very secure in who I am. I grew up in my culture and like know where I come from and, you know, live, you know, it, with my culture every day. So I think for me, a lot of stuff doesn't really get to me in that way, but it's, it's like annoying kind of more so than it is like where I'm like, oh, wow, I feel so bad. You know, like it's like, like anything to do with any type of like, you know, Squanto or Pocahontas or Indian in the cupboard or I mean. I forgot I, about that. <laughs> yeah, like there's a lot of dumb things out there or like even like the movie, what is it called? Rango with the little lizard, like the, the crow is yeah. like the Indian, you know, like. <laughs> Like, things like that it's like it's like like okay cool you know i guess that's that's what they see us as but um yeah that's my thing or even i mean 
low key, like in high school, I, all my friends, like we did like the Twilight series, but like I remember watching that. Well, one reason too why like a lot of our people were really kind of excited for the Twilight series because one of the actors is actually from my hometown who played um, Sam, the Wolfpack leader. So that guy is actually from my hometown. So that's why everyone was like, woo, cool, you know? So it's cool to, that was cool to see, but also even that like, you know, we don't obviously turn into animals or we don't like chase vampires anywhere or, you know, things like that. So, and we don't just run around with our, you know, shirtless and our hair all on because most native guys do not even look like all the ones that they portrayed in that movie. Not, not, a, not all of us are buff and skinny and six packed out, you know, like that's not even, that's not real. I'm skinny. I'm like, you come to my hometown, I'm like, that's not real. But, but yeah, that's kind of more so for, like when I grew up seeing the representation for me and anyways and and it's and that's only few you know it's not a lot so especially yeah. with pocahontas pocahontas you know um the real the real story of pocahontas her name was i believe it's like mitoka or I, I don't i don't know i don't know the exact way to pronounce it but she was you know kidnapped john smith was like this old white creepy guy and she was like 12 or i mean you know like he kidnapped her and um that would be like considered like would be like like child abuse because she's a kid and he like was with her yeah. and so so yeah so that's the whole disney version of pocahontas is definitely like not not a good representation either no. to, to, to bounce off of that bro uh like i remember when i was in elementary school and uh, you know i guess uh you know a, a lot of my perspective on why i was really hypercritical of the u.s government was because the u.s media treated me like trash growing up so i had no motivation i had no reason to really think george washington was a hero or thomas jefferson was a hero or any right. of these revolutionary war guys were heroes because I, I, I already didn't have a, a pleasant experience being raised here. So, so I was a lot more critical. And, and, you know, when I was, you know, like a lot of people over here, they were always say, oh, well, Pakistani or Indian history and Arab history is a bunch of terrorists. I was like, okay, I'll show you. I'm sure your history has some blood in it. You guys don't talk about it, but I'm sure there is. Right. And I got way a lot of information. I was like, uh oh, America is built on blood, bro. And and mm -hmm. so that was kind of the, the start of why I've been so critical of the US government, why I care so much about human human rights. But to big piggyback off of that, I remember I wrote in fourth grade, Miss Dodd, she's my social studies teacher, Cloverdale Elementary. And uh, I, we had to write about American heroes. Uh, and, and um, you know, she, she assigned me uh, like George Washington. And there, there was a, a battle at Lexington, I forget the exact name, but there was a battle at Lexington where there were a lot of native and indigenous people who had sided with the British because the British had offered them like uh, protection from the Patriots. Because a lot of people don't know how brutal the, colon, the, the colonies really were to, to the native people. Like a lot of people thought that they were just chilling, playing Fortnite, you know what I mean? Drinking tea with the natives and yeah. everything is cool. And they were treating them subhuman. And so my paper, and I got in a lot of trouble for this, my paper, I argued that the colonists were not heroes and that George Washington was not somebody to be revered because they treated the people who were living there like trash. They treated them disposably. They treated them as slaves. And, and when the slaves died, they went to Africa and, and got more slaves instead of actually doing the work yourself. You know what I mean? Like, right. so I, when I wrote that and I said that, you know, a lot of these heroes, like, like I, I argued, like if, if George Washington was such a big effing hero, then why was the three fifths compromise in there? Like, like, mm -hmm. like if, 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 you know, if, if Thomas Jefferson mm -hmm. was such a great hero that believed in life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness of all people, then why was he going around taking advantage of slaves? 
and I got in yeah. trouble for using the word rape in my essay because they were like, you're, you know, you're, you're nine years old, you shouldn't say that. And I even got in more trouble by my parents because they had an attitude of like, you know, the U.S. government is already kind of critical on us, like surveillance on Pakistanis and Muslims is a real thing. And so yeah. they were like, why would you bring any more negative attention on us? Like, we all agree, like, screw George Washington, screw the colonies. We all agree. But we're trying to stay in America. I do not want to get deported to Pakistan. So, so yeah. shut your mouth. So that was a lot of the attitude I had growing up. It's when you acknowledge history, unfortunately, because of where I'm from, my folks had, a, had an attitude of just keep your head down. We cannot afford to be deported. And uh, yeah. American, a lot of like the Western culture here and a lot of the, the white folk here were like, how dare you say this about us and go back to your own country? And, uh, you know, it's like you can't win. <laughs> we, we've actually talked about that with Daniel before, how the dominant culture rewrites history. And specifically talking about even indigenous communities, I, we laugh with Daniel because he's an person. When I was in fourth grade, we got to Idaho history. And so I was like, oh, yeah, Daniel, um, I actually played <laughs> Chief Joseph in a play. And uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> we laugh about that because Chief Joseph is a big deal for the Nespers. And he's actually on their logo. So they use his picture as a representation for the mm -hmm. tribe. But, you know, the things that we were taught were na the Native Americans here wanted to help us. They gave us their, their property. They gave us the food. You know, they wanted to be good, good uh, partners and neighbors. And there's, they, we totally skipped the part where uh, genocide happened and where people were pushed out of their uh, native lands and, you know, all the other stuff that comes with, with history. But, but that's the thing, unfortunately, the dominant culture will always rewrite history so it paints them in a better light. And, and unfortunately, the other thing that we talked about too was, when you do start to bring up those those points, when you do start to make sense about this is what history actually was, then then the conversation is if you don't like it, leave. And how sad is that, that when you're voicing injustices, that when you're voicing the issues, that when you're talking about how our communities have faced hardship and now have historical trauma to deal with, that instead of saying, let me be a partner and let's make it better for future generations, the conversation stops at if you don't like it, leave, right? That sucks. And that is, that is like the easy way out, right? It sucks. So what I wanted to touch on is specifically for the Latino community, I'm always I'm always annoyed by the fact that and I'm not I, I can think of many movies, but typically the the way that Latinos are painted are as the cartel folks, you know, the drug dealers, the uh, criminals, the ex-convicts. Think of any movie with action and think of who the antagonist is, if it's a Latino, that's that's who it's going to be. And the reason for why that has been problematic, um, and especially recently now when we had the last president and the rhetoric he was spewing out about Latino communities, specifically Mexicans, and who they sent to this country yeah. and the type of people that they are. Um, we also started to see... Uh, like an uptick in the way that non-Latino folks um, communicated with our communities. For example, I had an aunt come and visit, and I shared this in one of the other episodes, but I had an aunt who came to visit. We have a, I have a grandma who's a little bit older. We'd like to bring her up at least once a year. She, uh, because she's a little bit older, it's difficult for her to travel. So we you know, also have my aunt come up to help her as she's traveling up. And so we were having such a great summer, just spending time, being a, a family, you know, doing a lot of events together. One particular day, my brother, took my aunt, 
my grandma, his wife, and her kid to go have breakfast. And while my um, while my aunt and my sister-in-law were in the bathroom, they were speaking in Spanish. So they were, you know, using the restroom and just kind of having a conversation. Um, when my aunt walked out to wash her hand, two non-Latino ladies walked in. Um, and so non-BIPOC ladies is how I would describe them. And uh, they, one of the ladies started to yell at my aunt to say, this is my country. If you're going to be here, you need to be speaking English. Um, you know, that narrative. And we've heard that before. You've seen that on like social media too, when these ladies get recorded or these men. Um, and so my, my sister-in-law heard it. She's running out of the stall to go yell at that lady and give it to her. Um, but my aunt was just like caught off guard, right? She doesn't speak English because she's visiting and she didn't understand why someone was just yelling at her like that. Um, and that's going to be the experience she takes back to Mexico now about the people here, which sucks. Uh, but also when my brother found out, right, they looked for these ladies and they had run out of the restaurant. So what cowards, first of all, right, right. that they were able to, to voice their opinion about what language you need to be speaking, even though this conversation doesn't concern you, lady. And also it's none of your fucking business, like what language we decide to talk. If we're multilingual, we're going to talk whatever language we want. But the, the other piece there was what a coward, right? If you had the nerve to say that to my aunt, why couldn't you have stuck around, right, for us to have a conversation about that, right? Um, and so when they left the restaurant, my brother happened to drive. He, they saw the lady sitting in their car. My brother drove up to them, uh, put his window down, looked at them and just said, what? And they looked down and wouldn't look at him. Um, so again, that's a very coward move. We're not trying to intimidate these ladies, but thinking about these ladies probably don't interact with people from our communities. One, what kind of message are they getting and from where? about Latino folks, right? Why would they say that? Um, probably the media. And what is it that they're getting from the media about my, you know, Latinos? Probably that we are bad people. Probably all the narrow, negative stereotypes in their head about the type of people that we are, according to their views. And maybe that's why they felt inclined to have this kind of conversation or this outburst. Um, and it sucks. It really does suck. The other thing I wanted to touch on is um, there's this stereotype too about like accents for Latinos and I've actually talked to people before who have said uh bro why don't why don't people who move here that are Spanish speaking um like want to learn English right and um that's that's narrow-minded thinking for me um because you know folks will learn here in the U.S. very a lot actually yeah a very small percentage of the friends that I know that are native English speakers and have lived here their whole lives can speak another language um so that's one and two the other thing is like why would you assume that someone who's not an English a native English speaker that they can't understand anything that you're saying I'm thinking about my parents right so they lived here a majority of their lives my dad's a citizen and my mom's a permanent resident and so they're not fluent English speakers and they will speak English that's a little bit choppy but you know they're trying when you're older and when you're only focused on working you don't have a lot of extra time to devote to developing a second language, right? Um, but what's concerning to me about all of that is it's it's a double-edged sword. So people are saying you don't speak, you can't speak English or you don't, but um, so you're looked down on, on for that. The other piece is if you do try to speak English, then you're made fun of for it. And I'm thinking about, I love Modern Family. It was a really funny show, but the running gag and joke was always that Sofia Vergara, her accent was thick, that they couldn't understand her, right? And frequently that was a gag. 
bag in a lot of the episodes. What did she say? Um, oh, we didn't understand her. Ha ha ha. Right. And so it, and it was funny. I, I can agree. I, I mean, you know, I laughed about it. But at the same time, that that is hurtful for people that aren't of our communities. I got it. So it was funny to me. Like I navigate situations like that where, yeah, I didn't get it. But for people that don't have Latino family members or friends and are listening to that. Right. Then it becomes problematic because they're probably internalizing one that we're not smart enough that we uh you know, there's a lot of things. And so that that's concerning to me for for, for those reasons. Um, and I'm sure as, as you two have shared, you both speak different languages. Those are probably other like common themes for folks in your communities too. I, I can only assume I don't know for a fact, but um, it, it definitely gets interesting. I mean, um, like, so it's, how, how do I describe it? So in a lot of areas in Pakistan, English is uh, taught more than Urdu or Punjabi or Sindh. And the reason why is because when the British came in, they destroyed everything. So that that is why, and I'm truly not trying to make fun of any like Christians in India, but this is why you have Christians in India named David and John when we know damn well they do not look like David and John. They should be Amitabh or they should be, you know, Bachchan or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like there's mm-hmm. a reason why you have Western names in India. It's because they came in and they destroyed everything and then when the british said we already have to deal with palestine and israel that's already an issue we don't want to deal with pakistan and india you guys deal with it and so then the borders were created even more so so a lot of it was out of the british laziness i say that to say when it comes to with our languages there was a lot of self-hate and so you know people who looked more stereotypical uh you know south asian so like darker darker skinned uh very heavy dense beards um, you know, uh, smelling strongly of food, which is a very disgusting stereotype. Like a lot of people, you know, say, oh, he smells like Tarka. And I'm like, yeah, well, our food is fucking great. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like you, 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 you would kill to be able to cook as good as us. You know what I'm saying? Like, do not insult us, bro. But, um, you know, when you, when you have a lot of those attitudes, you start to realize in order to play the game, you have to be smart. And unfortunately in this world, it may not be in your best interest to be cultured. So you might as well be as close to white people as possible. And so that's why you have a lot of areas that teach English over Urdu, over Sindh, over Punjabi, or over Hindi, whatever, because there is that self-hate. And so you have areas even in Abu Dhabi, and I'm not Arabic, but you know, like some of my Arabic friends say, like in Abu Dhabi, you know, they, they speak uh, English over Arabic and they're full Arab citizens. And it's because of that internalized uh, attitude of, you know, wanting to, you know, be as, as Western as possible because that is a successful way, right? Like you, we look at the stereotypical nuclear family, we look at, you know, the nine to five, and we look at all of these, uh, you know, these definitions of success that have been given to us by like the, the you know, white, white supremacy. And so then, because a lot of our cultures have been affected so deeply by it, we start to believe in it because we see us being successful for them. Mm -hmm. And so we want to do that here. And so there's a lot of that, a lot of our culture, a lot of our language, to be clear, has not been destroyed to the level of a lot of indigenous folk, to the level of a lot of like African black folk. Um, But it it has, there is a bit of stigma of, of our own culture, of our own language. And, and, it, and it's sad, man. Like it, it's, it's like when, when my mom and dad came to America, you know, my, 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 a lot of my peers or my friends would make fun of my mom's accent because she couldn't speak English. My dad mm-hmm. could speak English because that's how he got a job here. He was an IT uh, worker in Pakistan, worked over, you know, uh, remotely with other countries. And then he got the opportunity to move to Kansas. 
And so uh, that, that's how we got here. But my mom didn't know any English. And in Virginia, where I was raised most of my life, anytime she would pick me up from school, or I remember there would be a parent lunch day where you have your parents come to lunch and you could pick a friend to eat lunch with you guys or whatever. Um, a lot of them will make fun of my mom's accent, bro. Uh, a lot of them would, you know, say, you know, like, uh, I can't understand her, you know, oh, is she telling you how to make a bomb? Or, oh, it's oh a countdown gosh. to a bomb, you know? Oh my like, gosh. Like a, lot, a, a lot of that, bro. A lot of <sighs> that. And at first you get mad, but then you get defeated. And I feel like that's worse because yeah. you run out of gas to keep saying stuff. Yeah. And then you feel like you're letting your family down. Yeah. You know, it's deep. It's deep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah that's I'm, I'm sitting, I'm sitting with that. Cause I'm like, I know I'm like, me. that's I'm thinking about my mom. Know, and I'm like, like, fuck if anyone, you know? Yeah. Especially I feel like too, you know, I think we could all go to war for our moms. You know, I know for mine, for example, like I, my mom for me is like my soft spot. You know, I'd flip a table for her. Someone ever disrespected her, you know, I'd be the one that'd be, yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot to, that's definitely a lot to take in, especially as a kid. You know, like, yeah. and yeah. then you have, and then you have the culture attitude too, right? Where a lot of our South Asian culture is really deferential to authority. So there, a lot of our older generation has the attitude of racism and bigotry and being physically assaulted. Like, bro, I've gotten beat up bad for being a Muslim. You know what I'm saying? For being a Pakistani, for for not being white, I've gotten beat up pretty bad about it. And and um, you know, a lot of my parents had the attitude of you don't fight back because this is the price you pay for being in America. Because if you don't pay the price for racism and bigotry, then we're forced to go back to Pakistan where we don't have the resources, we don't have the water, we don't have the power, we don't have the healthcare access. So their attitude is, you know, we'll deal with racism and bigotry. At least we get to pay groceries. At least we get to have a roof over our head. We'll deal with that. And so a lot of them have a hard time relating to me because I'll be mad. Like, bro, mm -hmm. I remember one time, like, you know, like, like somebody, like I got beat up, my glasses were broken. Um, you know, like I was a bit overweight at the time. So they, they made a lot of disgusting comments regarding like, like man boobs and things of that nature. And I was mad. Like, I was like, bro, like I want to beat them up. Like I'm tired of getting picked on bullied all the time. And mm -hmm. I would get mad at my mom and dad. I'd be like, why are you saying something? Like, why don't you care? You know what I'm saying? Like I'd get really mad and they just kind of look at me and they say, this is America. Like we, we get a car here. We, we get, yeah. we get internet here that doesn't go out we get vaccines where you don't get sick you don't get we don't have to worry about mosquitoes and, yeah. and they're like this is the price we pay nothing in life is free so for you to fight back and it's just going to cause more problems for us and we might have to go back so yeah. you have to take it this is the price you pay mm. and so it was like i said a situation where you, you can't win yeah i think my my parents also have a similar mindset as immigrants about it could be worse you know we got to be thankful for what we do have um i know growing up and Anytime we saw law enforcement, uh, we were always told just keep your head down and you know don't don't get in trouble. Don't uh, basically just be like present, but be invisible if you can. Um, but what's different for maybe people like like us is we get to grow up in this culture. This is all we know, so we realize that there's you know there should be better opportunities for us. There should be different circumstances for us that we have the ability to ask for the respect. 
um, and to take up space, right, and own it in a way that that everybody else gets it and has. And so um, I know that that's been something that as I've been growing up and I get to experience new opportunities because of the sacrifices that my parents have made in um, coming to the U.S., uh, that I'm also, whatever knowledge I'm getting, whatever new thing I'm learning about, I'm trying to pass it down to them, but also to say, like, you can respect the same, um, you know, the same situation, the same outcomes, the same, you're worthy of it all, just like anybody else, and just because right we weren't you weren't born here um maybe you're still learning about the culture like you can ask for it you can ask for it and you should get it because we all should be respected and we should all get these same opportunities just like anybody else um and that's that's always difficult but i I guess from the cultural lens and i know a lot of my friends might not understand it because from the outside looking in, I, I don't think you can explain it, but from the inside looking out, right, as part of the members of these communities, I understand why my parents are saying, don't stick out, don't make waves, don't get in trouble, because um, we can we can get it worse or we can lose what we have. And that, that to me makes sense. I guess I can understand that from, from a lens of it wasn't the best where we were at, and now we have more opportunities here. Let's not lose that because it could be worse. I guess I understand that, but but also it sucks that that's where we're stuck, right? It sucks. So how do we change that? How, how do we, how do we, and, and I don't know the answer to that. It, it's such a multifaceted question, but how do we change that? How, how do we, how do we change the media representation of how we're treated, how we're portrayed, and how do we also create meaningful change toward the older generation? is not fearful of us sticking up for ourselves. At the same time, we're not wasting our time and energy trying to just fight back against a machine that is doing nothing. Like, like, how do we change this? Yeah. So I know one of the things that Daniel and I talked about before was how important representation is. And that really does mean for the media, right, that we have people that look like us in those different roles and positions, like being actors, right? Because majority of the movies, our actors tend to be our protagonists, our heroes, they tend to be white. Um, but having more people like us in those roles will make a difference. But not only actors, we need writers. We need people who understand our culture that have lived in our communities, that understand the traditions, the history, um, and everything that embodies being someone of that community that a writer or someone outside would never, ever be able to capture in their writing. That's big. Um producers, executives, people that are going to make the decisions to have more movies with people like us, right? And be intentional about casting people that are of our communities and not actors outside of it playing somebody of our communities because it's not the same. It's not the same. Um, But, you know, beyond that, also hiring us for our expertise when it comes time to representing or writing stories about our folks. You know, um, a lot of times we get movies, like, for example, there was the Yorona movie that was made, um, and the Yorona is a mythical, mythical, um, you know, when you're thinking about Latino superstitions, this is a big one that a lot of Latin American countries will even speak on. We had Natalia on the show. She's from El Salvador, and they they talk about La Yorona there also. But um, La Yorona, right, is this myth about this lady who, you know, for whatever reason, her lover, her partner, her husband cheated on her. um, And because of the grieving, she took her kids down to the river and did the unthinkable. And when she came to be, right, she realized what she had done. Then she regretted it. She was in despair. But her... um, 
her curse or her punishment then is that she has to wander the earth, right, in agony, um, looking for children uh, that she will confuse as her own and then do the same thing. But these people, somebody in Hollywood decided to make the movie about this superstition, about this story that is well known to folks in Latin America. Uh, and they just didn't get it right, right? People were upset about this <laughs> film. It didn't really connect with or our culture. It was definitely a whitewashed version of this superstition for the U.S. or Western media, right? And that's that's problematic for many reasons. So we need to have that representation piece where we have all these folks from our communities and all of those positions to be able to point out um, and talk about the good things about our communities, the real life stories and experiences, mm -hmm. our conflicts, our tribulations, right? Our successes. And then when we touch on history, so accurately portray how it is that we contributed to them and not whitewash the history because that has been problematic for many different communities, right? And making sure that we cast the appropriate folks to the appropriate roles so that it is meaningful, so that it is accurate, so it's historically right and just, so it resonates with our communities. I think that would be a good place to start. Do you think another way is also the type of stories that are told? So like, for example, when I think, uh, when I think of like, uh, you know, a lot of indigenous films, unfortunately, I just think of the very racist films from the 70s and the 80s. Where mm -hmm. it's like, you know, like a like a family is in the middle of the prairie and they show, you know, like the, the natives, I don't even want to refer to them, but, you know, like as the S words and, you know, um, you know, throwing, you know, t tomahawks or whatever. And, and it's just it's constantly that same trope. And then I see like other movies try to flip that, you know, like try to show, oh, like the indigenous were right, which in history, yes, they were. But indigenous folk, Latino folk are more than just like the traumas of what have been they have experienced in their life. Like it, mm -hmm. it's such a rich culture. It's such a rich history. I feel like Hollywood should take like the positive aspects and the positive occurrences in indigenous and, and Latino history stories that we have never seen before, it, you know, and, and, and show those stories. I feel like the constant, you know, Buzzfeed, you know, kind of attitude of just picking on, you know, like, like, you know, torture porn, honestly. Uh, looking at like a uh, historical porn honestly and just kind of focusing on the you know the, the traumas that latino indigenous folk face uh, rather than their greatest successes and their greatest leaders in their history i feel like mm -hmm. I, I feel like that is in a way a systematic way of of diminishing the impact and the importance that a lot of latino and indigenous folk have because yeah. they're always they're always shown in a negative light or they're always shown in an oppressed light and let's mm -hmm. not get it twisted. There were a lot of badasses and you know in Latino, Latino and Indigenous, you know, history and 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 their and their and their lives. Like we never hear about them. We always yeah. see them as as being, you know, horrible individuals or oppressed individuals. Like like in black films, every single black film is is a slavery film, is a is a civil rights film, but and and nothing else is ever encouraged even though you have black creators coming out saying we were tired of just black black exploitation films you know what i mean i feel like the same thing happens here yeah yeah definitely and um so where do you you know if there's anyone out there that's wanting to like you know learn more about our our communities or your communities where do you think that they can find you know positive representation you know for our respected communities like I know for me, I gave examples, you know, they could watch Reservation Dogs on Hulu or Rutherford Falls on the Peacock streaming service, or even I know Netflix just dropped one, another, it's like an animation for a kid show. It's like a kid show called Spirit Rangers, but that's all like produced by native, you know, I believe it was native writers and stuff like that. So 
So there's a lot of, um, you know, 2022 has been a good year for Native representation, finally. But um, if there's anywhere where you could like kind of lead people that want to see positive representation for your your communities, where would you, you know, guide them to? So I'm, I'm pondering that question too. And right off the bat, I think one of the shows that I really enjoyed, Chickax, you like this too, Daniel, um, was a... One day at a time. Do you remember that show? Oh yeah, on Netflix. Um, on Netflix, and I really like that show because it's they're highlighting. A, is it a Puerto Rican family? Puerto Rican American family? Uh, Cuban. Um, Cuban. Cuban American family, and they had a lot of real themes for just even the Latin the Latino experience, uh, even from the grandma right transitioning to live here in the U.S. Um, they had some serious topics on just mental health and depression, um, mm-hmm. bullying. The daughter um, identified as being lesbian, so then they had some LGBTQ, um, you know, perspectives on the show. And I just felt like it, it, they did a really good job at capturing the Latino experience through the um, intersectionality piece of the different identities also associated with it, from being young to being old. Um, being a divorcee to dating. Um, mm-hmm. There's just a lot of good um, dimensions and components that were really thought of and in a really like digestible, funny, um, relatable way. And so I, that's one of the shows right off the top of my head. I know that there's also been other shows that do highlight the Latino experience in a, in a good way, but there's also other problematic themes in them. Uh, so as I'm thinking about the shows that I like, I'm like, but I really recommend this one as the best representation. I'm like, in some episodes, yes, but overall, maybe <laughs> not the best. Um, but that's one that I can think of right off the top of my head right now that I would say that's a good one to watch. That is a that is a great um, that is a great one. I would say I'd say for me. Um, so it's kind of bleak. There, there isn't much. Uh, I would say I would say Miss Marvel's uh, comic book run. Um, oh. the, the show on Disney Plus is not bad at all. It, it's enjoyable. Um, I just think the and it, it was really powerful to see like our culture and our music shown authentically. Like uh, like we had big time Pakistani actors like Fawad Khan and Mehwish Hayat, uh, who are Kamala's uh, grandma and grandpa in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, yo, I've been watching these guys like growing up on Pakistani TV mm. for, for centuries so or for not centuries but felt like centuries so. <laughs> <Whoa. Yeah. laughs> oh, how yeah. old are you <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm Wolverine guys I'm Wolverine yeah. you know? <laughs> but no but no like I've been watching these guys my whole life so you know that mm-hmm. was cool to see but I would say the I would say my biggest issue with the show is the fact that it was more uh more of like a national geographic for Pakistan and, and I don't mean that in any disrespect mm-hmm. it's just I felt like a lot of the superhero elements elements of the show weren't really there it was just like it i felt like the showrunners were like we are going to make a show that is a hundred percent pakistani representative and and islamic representative and also forgetting the fact that she's going to be an avenger she's going to be a superhero we need superhero stuff in this show as well so mm-hmm. uh and, and i i say that that kind of ruins the cultural aspect of it because in the comic books you know kamala her, she pretty much like in case anybody isn't familiar with her powers she can pretty much uh change her body size so she can be really tiny like an ant or be really huge like a skyscraper and there's a lot of body dysmorphia themes in there like she feels like she's icky and gross because she's also a muslim girl and a lot of like white beauty norms do not apply to her like right like there are scenes where she's trying to like scrub her skin to make it lighter 
And like, so those deeper themes and the fact that she has to embrace her powers, embrace the fact that she's not flashy like Iron Man. She's not indestructible like Wolverine. She isn't as popular as Spider-Man, but she's her own person and she should be proud of her culture. Those are themes I felt like the comic book just did a little bit better because they were unafraid of tackling the the racism, the bigotry, the the sexism that a lot of our people face versus in the TV show. It was a lot. It was more implied. Like it was through dialogue, like we all have our IDs. We are always frisked by the cops and that's it. Or, you know, like quoting, you know, quotes from the Quran talking about, you know, how terrorism isn't okay. And they're just kind of throwaway dialogue. A lot of like the deep, dark, introspective stuff that really makes you think about culture is thrown away in favor of she's going to be an Avenger. Check out this show. So, um, Mm -hmm. but I felt like the comic book is a fantastic uh, representation of Pakistani and, and Muslim culture. I would also um, encourage everybody to to watch this uh, movie. It's a Pakistani movie, so you can watch it, I think, with subtitles. Uh, it's called Khuda Ke Liye, and I'll actually text you guys uh, the, 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 the title so you'll be able to, like, see, like, what it looks like so you can type it in Google. But it's a Pakistani-made film, and essentially it covers the lives of three families. So a family that is, uh, you know, like a suburban family in Pakistan, then there's a family that is uh, in, in like the gutters of, of terrorism in like Afghanistan. And then you have a Pakistani American family in America. And the movie shows how the war on terror and the media representation of the war on terror has destroyed all of these three families' lives in very different yet very similar ways. And so mm-hmm. that I think is a fantastic film to watch just so people understand just what our people go through. Um, because I feel like there, there's a very dangerous sentiment going around in America now where, you know, Islamophobia is a thing of the past. It doesn't exist anymore because you have clowns like Andrew Tate on the Internet shouting out Islam, shouting out South Asian culture and everybody in, our, in my community, because there's a lot of toxic masculinity. There's a lot of homophobia. There's a lot of sexism mm-hmm. in our community. They champion this guy. Because they're like, he's see, he, you know, like he's making it cool to be a strict Muslim. He's making it cool to be, you know, proud of our culture. And it's like, bro, he's just a sexist individual as it is. And he's going around looking for cultures that'll validate it. And he takes the worst part of our culture. And that's why I hate it when brown boys champion Andrew Tate, because it's like he is reducing our culture to one of hatred when there's so much more that that our people can offer. Right. When you have like brown boys saying, yeah, women should stay in the kitchen. Yeah. Like, you know, F gay people. I hate gay people. You know, disgusting messages like that. Yes. Mm -hmm. My culture says that. That is also me saying that that is a part of my culture that needs to change. That is not something I want staying there. You know what I mean? But you know, a lot of that negative representation is, is what you see currently with like with Andrew Tate and, because Andrew Tate shouts out the negative aspects of our culture so much, a lot of people, especially on the right, now are buddy-buddy with a lot of Muslims. Like Carlson Tucker hated Muslim 15 years ago. Now it's cool to be sexist. Now it's cool to be a bigot. So he takes the absolute negative people of our culture, of our community, that we don't even claim, and bringing them on to say, yeah, we, we rock with Muslims now. And it's like, bro, we are not ignorant people. Like, nothing has changed. We went from terrorists blowing up Allahu Akbar, bag-blowing people, to now idiots who who command their wife and, and beat their wife and say, stay in the kitchen or don't paint your nails. Like, nothing has changed. You still have white people telling us who we can be. And that yeah. that's what George Bush did. 
and that's what Andrew Tate does. And we're still a victim of it. And it's very frustrating. So to get out of that, definitely read Miss Marvel. Definitely uh, look at Khodakilia. It's a great film. And, and also just um, on, on social media, there, there's a sheikh, uh, a Mufti Menk. Uh, he's an Islamic sheikh, but a lot of his commentary is just on social justice in general. And he got into a bit of a hot water because he refused to say that gay people go to hell as a Muslim imam. And that's like a big like, whoa. Now, to be clear, I don't want to give an, a negative, you know, I, I don't want to give an inadequate uh, representation. He does say that, you know, if you if you if you are gay, you go to hellfire. But his attitude is, you know, oh, like, you know, it's 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 not ours to judge, which is still a fucking harmful, horrible thing to say. But I, I encourage people to, to 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 those who don't know our culture and who can, you know, not worship this guy, but just look at some of the stuff that he says that isn't hatred and ignorant based. Check him out on Instagram because he he talks a lot about how intersectionality and and how how different cultures around the world have been oppressed by by white white suppression. Which you would think, if that's the case, he would also acknowledge homophobia, but he doesn't. But that's a whole other topic. Well, and really quick before we jump into uh, our brown noises segment, um, thank you for the conversations you've been uh, yeah, vulnerable and having because it's. It's a lot. And I also wanted to point out to our listeners that are not of our communities that the point of our conversations today aren't to make you feel bad about yourself or your identity, but to take note of some of the current and pressing issues that are affecting our communities and to think about ways that you can help us um, in navigating conversations around these topics and also being a good community member, being a good ally. So Thank you both again for for sharing your thoughts, uh, for having this conversation. Um, I think it's a good way to wrap up and jump into our Brown Noises segment. Daniel? All right. So today, you know, um, today was it was a good a good convo. Um, Some of the things were, you know, I you know, I had no idea, too. So I learned a lot from you, too. And so I appreciate your time, appreciate your, you know, your perspective and your experience. And so I think one thing that we wanted to talk about today to learn to teach our listeners and, and you both, um, you know, we talked about, you know, experiences being bullied, getting bullied growing up and stuff. And I think for the youth, I mean, I don't know if youth really listen to us or not. I don't know. But for the youth, if they do listen, you know, we do want to let, especially our, our brown and, and black youth out there, you know, you are special. You know, our cultures are special oh, yeah. and, you know, you matter. So I'm going to teach you both how to say you are special in Nimiputent, the Nespers language. So how to say you are special is awas. Hata'o。Hata'o。Hata'o。Hata'o。Hata'o。Hata'o。Hata'o。Hata'o。Hata'o。Hata'o。Hata'o。Hata'o。Hata'o。Hata'o。Hata'o。Hata'o。Hata'
you know, I've taken a few trips down to uh, Miami and Ocean Drive. Oh, Miami. You know, Miami. I, you know, I love Miami. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, mm-hmm. so, you know, I, you know, I, I have, I have some, I have some uh, amigas, you know, down there who, who you oh, know, t- yeah. taught me, taught me well, so. <laughs> I'm just, you're I'm like, a committed man like, now, though. I'm a committed man now. Are you going to the carne asadas or what? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if, if i speak anymore i'll be in trouble so you know <laughs> but, you know and, hey like pitbull like like pitbull says whatever happens in miami never happened so yeah whatever happens in miami never happened i agree and he, he also moving along. Yeah. <laughs> he also says ya tu sabes <laughs> yeah. yeah ya tu sabes man ya tu yeah. sabes, bro. Uh, i would say and and urdu man okay so okay when you when you mean you are special do you mean in like a like a in a, an uplifting way because words mean different things in order depending on how they're used mm-hmm. um, yeah. um yeah it's sort of similar with so like so you are special would be also like you are loved or you are valued you are important that's kind of how we have in our language too it's like it's uh, the way you say it would be in a way like you are because you could also say like when you say hetal it could be special or it could also be loved yeah. too so it's like you are loved you are special you are valued you are yeah yeah see urdu urdu is kind of boring because a lot of our culture is is very it's it's hard to it's hard for a lot of especially our men to express their emotion mm-hmm. so when they when they say you're special they're not they, they say quite bluntly like uh you know like i love you instead like you know, mm. like it's it's hard for it's hard for like especially mothers too to to say, oh, you're special, you're my baby, you're the world. Instead, their version of love is, did you eat dinner? Yeah, mm. okay. <laughs> like you know, that's their version. Yeah. Of so 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 I would say I would say the the closest way would be like um um uh you know jitero uh and and that quite literally that means keep winning, like keep okay. winning, keep being successful. Um, so I'll break it down for you. Uh, jite, jite, raho, raho. Yeah, jite raho. Keep winning. That that's because you're because you're special. You keep winning. Yeah, jite raho. Jite raho. Yeah, exactly. Cool. There you go. You got it. You got it. Cool. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, bro. <laughs> and that's that's also that's a good that's a good thing to say too because you know we gotta we gotta do keep winning, keep yeah, winning. I love that. That's appreciated. Keep, keep. All right, keep winning. I'm gonna put that in the notes so I don't forget. Uh, <laughs> all right, so now's uh, now's the time for one of our funnest segments, um, and Dan, this is gonna be your first time doing our Shades of Brown Shady Question segment. So here's how it goes: We will ask three questions. All of us have to answer two. You can skip one if you would like, uh, but highly encouraged to answer all three. Uh, the other thing okay. is, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. It's all fun and games. We had a serious topic today to digest. This is a way to wrap up with a, you know, funny, feel-good, laughing uh, segment. So the three questions we have, and these were all randomized from the internet. So think our good friend, the internet, for these questions. Uh, first question is, <laughs> what community overhypes their identity, in your opinion? And this is, again, all fun and games. Uh, what is the funniest experience you've had with your non-bipoc friends um and share the most embarrassing song slash tv series slash movie you've recently listened to or watched so share a song a tv series or a movie Mm. you've recently listened to that's embarrassing um 
to watch. Okay. So who wants to go first? You're uh, maybe our guest. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll let our guests go. Okay. What was the first question again? What community overhypes their identity, in your opinion? <laughs> I would say, uh, and this is all loving games, but I would say, yeah. I would say the Arab community. I would say the Arab community because, uh, and, and a lot of like Muslim culture, right? Because like Islam started in Arabia. Right. My ancestors are Hindu. So, you know, the, the uh, you know, a lot of the Arabians, when they came to India, which is now modern Pakistan, a lot of my ancestors converted. So even though it's same culture, my genetics are not Arabic at all. So there is a lot of like Arabs in, in the Muslim world who feel superior. They're like, oh, like Islam came from us. Like the prophet is, is Arabic. He's not, you know, you know, uh, South Asian or whatever. And that can always get really annoying because because it's like, bro, like. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not that serious bro it's not that serious yeah, okay. i promise you so, <laughs> yeah. yeah okay yeah, so i definitely see the arab community for sure okay and then what is the funniest cultural experience you've had with your non-bipoc friends uh anytime uh you know anytime it was homecoming anytime it was like prom season because dating in the muslim world and in and South Asian communities, a massive no-no. You do not do that. Like it's haram, which is sinful. Like you, you know, you're supposed to just stick in your room, study, be a doctor, and then one day you hit thirty, and then your parents are gonna be like, "Hey, there's a girl you want to get married," you know. Like so, that's how it works. So anytime it was like, anytime it was like prom or homecoming season, I would always like beg my friends, like be like, "Yo, like I want to ask this girl out, and you guys have to cover for me." When you come over, you know, my parents are gonna ask you. Hey, so you know, does he talk to any girls? It's it's, it's a trap. Do not answer that question. Say no. Say I get say I get no girls. Like like please do not tell them I get like girls or anything because I am going to get grounded. So that was always funny. And my friends would always be like, he wants us. He wants us to say he gets no bitches. Okay, all right. <laughs> so so that was always funny. And then the last question is can you share an embarrassing song tv series uh or movie that you've recently listened to or watched you guys promise not to kill me <laughs> do it six nine do it. six nine oh. uh uh six oh. nine toddy yeah i don't know because okay to be clear he's he's a total clown he's not about that life he's also <laughs> a, a, a a pervert and everything 100 percent. but it's there's just something so stupid about his lyrics that I just can't help but gravitate from. Like his lyrics are literally licky on my blicky, uh, make a movie with me, uh, trippy on my fricky, uh, like it's just so stupid that where I'm like, this is this is catchy. Like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. That's funny. <laughs> Takashi, huh? Well, okay, hey, you okay, know. I see you. I do is not have a poster in the no, back. No, no, yeah. Is that a poster? No, yeah. no, 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 I do no not judgment, rock, no judgment. I do not I mean, with Takashi 69. It's just stupid music. And sometimes, because it's catchy always, though. Yeah, sometimes it it's catchy. catchy. So it, is, it yeah. is catchy, but it's stupid. My brain cells, sometimes I don't want to think. Sometimes I just want to be stupid. And when that's the case, I listen to 69. Okay. That's funny. Um, I guess I'll go next. So what community overhypes our identity, in my opinion? Um, you know what? I... Uh, 
I mean, I don't know if I have any um, Yakima listeners, but Yakima is a tribe from up here as well as, you know, in in the Northwest where I'm from. Yakima is actually one of our, you know, uh, like our cousin tribes. You know, we have a lot of similarities in, in language and culture and things like that but there's always this little rivalry between there's like the yakimas like they're all very um kind of big-headed and they probably say the same thing about nimipu people too because nimipu people we are very proud and we're very we could probably be a little cocky too so i might just have to say the yakima people but still much love much love to the yakimas <laughs> but i might have just had to say uh yeah and what's the funniest culture ex- culture cultural experience that i've shared with a non-bipoc amigo um i would say one time in a we had like a potluck style lunch and um one of our friends she is um non you know a person of color but she's she's she means well she's really nice but she brought us mashed potatoes with almonds on them and i was like i ain't never seen that before so um but the potatoes were good you know so i give it was good i just never seen almonds on mashed potatoes and so uh that's probably like like a culture shock to me maybe um and the most embarrassing song or tv series or movie that i recently listened to or watched um like i've mentioned before i think in season one or season two i i love like trashy reality tv i don't know why like i just can get sucked into watching reality tv and um i think one of the most embarrassing shows i I mean it's it's entertaining too but um i'd probably say the housewives of salt lake city like they're back again this season three i'm like already glued in my sister and i like will sit there and watch it and i'm like oh my gosh these women are crazy but i can't like not watch it because they're so it's so entertaining so yeah probably and i just want to go to salt lake now like i'm like there's like nothing there cool but like i would definitely go check it out now because i see it all the time on tv and it looks cool so (laughs) shout out to them if they ever listen who knows dang chicas you're gonna have to become a real house husband of lapway (laughs) (laughs) i could be crazy and you know well you've seen me in action sometimes it could be a little crazy yeah yeah in a good way yeah you always got your friends back yeah yeah. all right so i'll share uh what community overhype serenity in your opinion so this is gonna be funny but um identity (laughs) i would think of the states in mexico so i don't know for y'all, but um, whatever state you're from in Mexico, they'll do like shout outs at like bailes, at dances or like cultural events. So the DJ will be like, and donde están los de Michoacan? So where are the people from Michoacan? And the crowd will like cheer, Woo! you know, and my family's from Michoacan. Michoacan, there's a lot of people out here in the area that are also from there. So I always see that. But um, my friend Junior, his uh, his family's from Durango. And that mother, uh, you know, that guy will always be repping Durango <laughs> all the time. And I'm like, what's even cool about there? Like, you, <laughs> you know, like... Um, Dang. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I'm just calling it out right now how I see it. Um, the other thing is, anyone mm-hmm. from the East Coast, I feel like, have you ever, like, talked to people from the East Coast? They're, like, so self-centered. Yes. Not to generalize it a little bit, but kind of, like, some right. of my friends that are from over there. It's like, you're from New Jersey? Cool. Like, oh, New York. <laughs> in New York, right? Yeah. People from... So, I'm going to get in trouble or for even that, like- I'm pretty sure. <laughs> But Florida, anyone from Florida always, we're like, you guys are always in the news and not for good things. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just. (laughs) Yeah. Or people from the Bay Area. Oh, people. Keanu. Bro. bro. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> One of oh. our friends is from the Bay Area, and she's like, she does, she doesn't let us forget right. it, you know. I'm like, okay, she's always going hyphy and yeah, calm down, K40. <laughs> boo, boo Bear Area, because I'm from Cleveland, bro. I'm from Cleveland, oh. so I hate the Warriors. I hate, uh, okay. I hate Tremont Green. I hate Steph Curry. I hate those guys. Go LeBron James. Like I hate those guys. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, bro, like, there's so cl- many years. There were so many years in 2015 to, all the way up to 2018, 2017, 2018. And every person on Instagram, you know, they would just keep DMing me because I was really big on like, I hate the Warriors because, bro, <laughs> we would have won multiple rings. We would have won multiple rings if Kevin Durant didn't join up with the Warriors. I promise <laughs> you, bro, like we would have yeah. won multiple rings but because of the stupid Bay Area or what do they call it? The gay area, whatever it is. I hate the Bay Area. I will never step foot in the Bay Area. I want nothing to do with the Bay Area. Dang. Okay, I'd, I'd also like to amend my answer to say anybody from Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's I'm just funny. Kidding. So, uh, what, what is the funniest cultural experience you've had with your non-BIPOC friends? So I'm a TMI a little bit, but I was at my uh, white my one of my white friends. I went over to the house. Their family was cooking dinner. And this wasn't because of the culturally specific thing, but I used their bathroom and it got plugged. <laughs> so then I uh, didn't have a plunger. And I'm like, I wonder if they're going to think it's because I'm Latino that I did it. Or you know what I mean? Like, oh, so um, I, in my head, I was like, holy crap. So I had to text my friend and we got it taken care of. But I thought my friend was just going to keep it hush hush. And when I walked out, everybody's like, oh, so you plugged the toilet. So, you know, then I had to navigate that. Like I got teased <laughs> a little bit, but that was one of the times. Um, and then, and I, we always joke about it with her and we brought it up in the podcast a couple of times, but my good friend Sierra hadn't ever eaten pozole, which is a hominy soup with chicken. Um, it's green pozole. It's, you know, delicious food. She had never had it before and I made it a little spicy and uh, she ended up putting sour cream in it. Um, and we don't do that. <laughs> so I remember uh, the rest of our friends that knew the food and had eaten it before had looked at her and we all looked at each other and kind of smirked. And then her sister was like, uh, Sierra, what did you do? And she was like, well, I don't know. I thought I, you know, so it was like a funny little situation. She should definitely not be embarrassed by it. I know we've teased a lot, but it was just a really funny, um, you know, cultural experience. That I just remember with one of my non-BIPOC <laughs> friends. Um, and then share the most embarrassing song, TV series, movie you've listened to. Uh, okay, don't judge. I know you're going to judge. I watched uh, The Kardashians had a new show on Hulu. <laughs> Your boy, uh, you really do love the Kardashians, and uh, you know, I don't, it's not that good for them, they have their hustle. There's obviously some problematic things there with like appropriating black culture, uh, and then the responsibility to like you know, talking about beauty standards and all that kind of stuff. I get it, I get it, but uh, it's also kind of like like a train wreck, or you know, like it happens and you can't help but look away. Uh, that's I think the allure a little bit. So I'll fess up to yeah, watching problematic TV for sure, you know. Mindless yeah. fun, I think. All right, everybody. So let's go ahead and wrap up the episode. Um, and so I just wanted to thank you again for coming on and being here with us today. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for sharing about your lived experiences and, you know, coming here to share that with everybody that listens. Um, 
let me ask you a couple questions. Uh, how can folks find you um, or listen to your podcast if they're curious about following? Uh, well, firstly, thank you for for having me on the show, guys. Truly appreciate it. Um, like I said, the you know, like when I started this 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 whole podcast journey out, like literally a month and a half ago, I was just looking for really cool people, really authentic people, really dope people, and I found your page and I just felt a connection to it. So it really does mean the world to me that you guys shared, you know, your time and your energy with me. Uh, you know, uh, this is the beginning of uh, like a bromance, so I love it. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> so like yeah, like seriously, thank you, thank you for having me on. Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram uh, and on uh, TikTok. Uh, so on Instagram, it is uh, South Asian Soul Podcast, um, and literally South Asian, and then it's SOL Podcast. And then on um, TikTok, it's the same handle. And then my personal Instagram, which is pretty much advertisement for my podcast now, is at Bad Biryani. So B A D B I R Y A N I. The reason why is because biryani is a is a really popular Pakistani dish, and good biryani was taken. So I said, "Screw it, I'm going to be bad biryani." <laughs> so uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so bad biryani on Instagram, uh, and then South Asian Soul podcast on both uh, TikTok and Instagram. I put all of my stuff up on there. Uh, I have podcast episodes every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, you know, and then, you know, uh, any guys, you know, you know I'm, I'm just a, a normal dude. I'm not hard to, to find or make connections with. So if that's where you guys want to find me, hit me up. And then on TikTok, I like to not just talk about uh, issues that are related to just South Asians, but like I said, none of us are free until all of us are free. Right. So, uh, I'll talk about black issues. I'll talk about sexism. I'll talk about homophobia. I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to do my research and, and, and talk about indigenous issues, Latino issues. Cause that is something self-admittedly I have very little knowledge on. So this conversation mm -hmm. was really awesome. Thank you for having me on. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really just about, you know, like with great power comes great responsibility. You know, if you can mm -hmm. do, if you can do good things okay. for other people, you have a moral obligation to do it. So that's why I do what I do. So amazing, awesome, and and two for the listeners, we will put all of the information in our show notes too. So if you know, you know, sometimes when people listen, I I'm one of the bad people. Like, oh, wait, what they say? What they say? So we'll we'll have all the info in the show notes. Again, I just want to say Katsiaya for your time. Katsiaya means thank you. My language, um, super dope. I definitely learned a lot from you too, and it's it's just awesome that we could you know share space and and you know relate and all this crazy stuff as being like brown men in america you know it's it's crazy yeah. so definitely appreciate it and um looking forward to you know future partnerships and you're always welcome back on the brown sound and uh yeah all right so appreciate i, I want to having me yes and we want to thank everybody again for listening to the brown sound podcast if you haven't yet please consider giving us a five-star rating on spotify or apple podcast um and as always we will return thanks so much we will see you next time Adios. See you later. See you guys. Cut the IO for listening to the Brown Sound Podcast. We've had a blast with you all today. Make sure to tune in next time. To follow us more closely, you can check us out on Instagram at the Brown Sound Podcast. For partnership opportunities or if you just want to get a hold of us, make sure to email us at the Brown Sound Podcast 208 at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at Brown Sound Podcast. Disclaimer. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and the host only. 